Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Today we're going to start the second series, and we're calling it God's Priorities. And I'll tell you more about it in just a minute. But if you've missed the last series, if you missed any of the messages, I want to tell you, go back and listen to them. Because those of us that have been here consistently can tell that God is up to something. Amen. Any, anybody with me? Amen. Yesterday we had our Saturday prayer. And let me tell you, I didn't count how many people were here, Manolo. Did you? It, it felt awesome. There were so many more of us because you can tell that there's a spiritual hunger. There's a spiritual seeking that God is arising in our church. And uh, I believe that it's only going to get better. So today we're going to start the second part of that series. We're going to look at the book of Haggai. I don't know if you knew that the Bible had a book named Haggai. It's a short book. It's a minor prophet. We're going to look during this campaign. We're going to study that book. So if you want to study it at home, I I think you'll get a double whammy, but we're going to look at Haggai and we're going to focus on rebuilding the temple. Now, listen to me. When we talk about the temple for the Israelites, rebuilding the temple was a physical structure. It was the place where sacrifices were offered. It was a place where they met with God. It was a place where they prayed. It was a place where they worshiped. It was the place where the glory of God and the presence of God dwelt. For the Israelites, it was a physical place. But for us today, God's temple is not so much a building. God's temple, first and foremost, is our body where Christ dwells through the Holy Spirit. Did you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.16. He says, do you not know... That who? You, me, us. We're God's temple. And that God's spirit, what? The Holy Spirit, the presence of God dwells in us. So when we talk about God's temple in our day, first and foremost, we're talking about our personal private life. We're talking about our bodies as well. Because we can't just be like, oh, I love God with my mind and with my thoughts, but not with my actions. But the second thing, the second thing that the temple that the temple refers to today is to the church, the body of Christ. I I love how the New Living Translation um, says 1 Corinthians 16, the verse that we just read. Look at what it says. Don't you realize that what all of you together, all of you together, in other words, our community, you know what Dayspring is? Dayspring is not this building. Something could happen to this building this coming week and Dayspring would still meet somewhere else next Sunday. Dayspring is our community. It's not the building that says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? So when we talk about rebuilding the temple, and I'm not preaching yet, okay? I'm just giving you information. When we talk about the temple, 
We're talking about two things. We're talking about your personal private life as well as our community corporately. Amen. Amen. With that in mind, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are in this place. You are, Lord. You're so faithful to your promises. You said you would never leave us nor forsake us. You said that where two or three gathered, you would be there. And there's more than two or three of us, Lord, in this place. But you also said that if we draw near to you, that you would draw near to us. And this morning, your word is being fulfilled. So, Lord, as we go into your message, please help us to not only receive it, but help us to embrace it to let it transform us and speak to us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let me ask you a question. How many of you guys have a hard time saying no? Especially to things you should say no to. We, we, most of us, we have a hard time saying no. People tell us about things to do, places to go. They make invitations, and we know we should say no, but what do we end up doing? We end up saying yes. Now, I don't know why you do it, but I, I'll tell you why I do it, okay? I don't know why you do it. I, I know some people uh, want to please others. I know some people are codependent. I know some people uh, just like to be busy. They're running from something. And perhaps that might be some of the things, but at least let me tell you why I think I do it, okay? Here's why I have a hard time saying no. Because I love people. And because I love helping, I love being around people. I want to share my gift. I want to share what God has given me. I want to share my time. I want to share my resources with people. But that doesn't change the fact that we have a problem saying no. In fact, can you say no with me? Ready? One, two, three. No. no. See, some of you can't even say it. Some of you can't even say no, no, no. We have a hard time saying no. We go to the supermarket and we're just supposed to get milk and eggs and we come out with a cart full. We go to Target because the kids need a notebook and you come out with a purse and a new dress and some new stuff for your hair because we have a hard time saying no. Can I get a little bit deeper? It just doesn't happen with our time and food. It also happens with our money. Some of you, you got some of these that you shouldn't have. And you don't know how to say no, so you keep what? Yes, yes, yes. And in a couple of months, somebody's going to tell you no, no, no. See, where am I going with this? Where are you going with this, Pastor? Here's where I'm going. We have a limited amount of resources. We have a limited amount of time. We have a limited amount of money. And we need to be intentional how we use that. Amen. God, through the prophet Haggai, he addresses the people of Israel and the temple. And as he addresses the people of Israel and the rebuilding of the temple, there's a question that he asks quite a few times. There's a statement that he makes more than once. And here's what you got to know. When God repeats something more than once, 
is because you and I got to pay attention. It's because it's important. What is that statement? What is that question that God asks? What, what is it that God says? Well, look at what Haggai chapter 1 verse 5 says. Look, look at the phrase that God repeats several times. It says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. You ready for this? Give careful thought to what? Not your wife's ways, because we're good at that, right? Not your kids' ways, right? Not the Democrats' way. Not your mother-in-law's ways. Whose ways? Carefully consider your ways. Here's what. Here, here's in essence what God is saying. Hey, stop and examine your life. Look carefully at what you're doing and how you're living. Or, 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 what are your priorities? God says, what does your life say about your priorities? I would dare to say that one of the reasons we feel shame and regret when it comes to answering God's question of considering our lives is because there's things that we should be doing that we're not doing. Right. And I think one of the reasons that there's things that we should be doing that we're not doing is because we're saying yes to the wrong things and no to the right things. Here's something to help you and help me learn to say no and yes to the right things. And that is that every time that you say yes to something, you say no to something. That every time you say yes to something, you say no to something. That every time you say no to something, you say yes to something. Fifteen years ago, I stood before an altar and I told Lorena yes. And that man, I told every other woman no. Now, let's consider this. Hey, you guys like to gossip, huh? Tell them, tell them. I'm a gentleman, I don't kiss and tell, okay? I <laughs> Now, here, here, here's something we gotta consider. Here's something we gotta consider. Most of us, we don't know how we're saying no. So I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help you how you can know what you're saying no to that you should be saying yes. Because we don't say it audibly. We don't say, no, I'm not going to church. No, I don't want a relationship with God. No, I don't want a good marriage. No, I don't want to be healthy. The way we say no to something usually looks by us neglecting it and forsaking it. Some of you, 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 you bought an exercise bike. And your intention was to use that exercise bike. How do you know you're saying no to the bike? Because you're probably saying yes to the brownies. Because you're probably saying yes to binge watching. And as you say yes to those things, the exercise bike gets neglected and what? Forsaken. See, now, 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 follow along with me. Follow along with me. The saddest thing of this reality, the saddest thing of this predicament, that you know what is usually the first thing we neglect and we forget? 
Come on, somebody. No, not ourselves. We, we, we ourselves are the first thing. You know what's the first thing? Most of the time, I would dare to say 98% of the time, the thing that we neglect and we forsake is our relationship with God. The gym, the gym stays, but the church goes. Netflix stays, but our Bible time goes. Thank you, Manola. Thank you. I think I'm preaching better than you're, you're listening. So come on. Come on. Now listen. I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. I'm not saying this to feel guilty. I, this is a reality in my life as well. But see, this was the mistake that the people of Israel did. That when God brought them back from captivity... That when God allowed them to come back home to rebuild their lives, they neglected the temple of God. And we cannot make that mistake. After a year like 2020 and some of 2021, we cannot make the mistake that as God begins to bless us, that as God begins to shine his goodness on us, that as his grace begins to develop in our lives, that we neglect and forsake God in his house. So I don't know if God is the priority. And this morning, God would say, consider your ways. What are your priorities? And if you have forsaken the temple, if you have forsaken your relationship with God, if you have forsaken having intimacy and a growing relationship with God, this morning, I want to help you restore that. I want to help you make the decision to say, I am going to rebuild the temple. Again, I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about your relationship with God and our community. Amen. Amen. Are you ready? Yes. To rebuild God's house, to rebuild God's house, here's the first thing we got to do. It's a simple one. You ready? And we're really good at it. That's why it's so hard, but it's simple. We got to stop procrastinating. We got to stop procrastinating. We got to stop postponing. Did you know that when the people of God first returned from exile, they actually began to work on the temple, but they only built the foundations and then they gave up on it. You know why they gave up on it? Because they got busy building their own houses and neglected God's house. And that is why, that is why God had to speak to them through the prophet Haggai. And look at what he says in, in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 1. Look at what he says. On August 29 of the second year of King who? Darius reign, the Lord gave a message through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Jeshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Look at what he says. The people are saying the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Notice when this message came to them. On the second year of King who? Darius. Darius. King Darius was not the king that took them into captivity. It was King Cyrus. There was a whole other king and these guys had not yet built the temple. In fact, from the time that they were brought back home to the time of this message, 16 years had passed. 
And you know why the people kept, saying, kept putting off rebuilding the temple? Because they kept telling each other, it's not the time yet. It's not the time yet. The time will come, but it's not the time yet. Does that sound familiar? Oh, God can wait. Church can wait. I'm going to serve God, but just not yet. Let me, let me get married first. Let, let, let me have kids first. Let my kids grow up first. Let me establish my career first. Once I retire, then, then I'll serve God. Oh, no, no, no. It's not time to go back to the temple. Once the COVID numbers go down, then, then we can go back. Uh, or, or once the vaccine is available, then, 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 then we'll go back. Or, or once Delta leaves, we'll go back. And in many ways, we keep saying it is not time to build the temple. We don't say it out loud. We don't say it out loud. But we say it with our actions. And subtly and slowly, we neglect and we forsake God and God's house. And you know what's sad? That many don't even realize what they're doing. Many don't even realize that they're neglecting, that they're postponing, that they're saying, oh, soon, 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 Let on my next season, once I get a better job, once I get out of debt, Many of them are not, are not realizing that they're postponing rebuilding God's temple. And that is why God says, consider your ways. Consider your priorities. If you're going to rebuild God's temple, you've got to get every excuse out of the book. Raina in one occasion said, and I love it. She said, if it matters, you'll find a way. If it doesn't, you'll find an excuse. Number two. To rebuild the house of God, you got to recognize your true priorities. First, you got to stop postponing. And second, you got to recognize your true priorities. Do you know why the people of Israel kept telling themselves it is not time yet to rebuild the temple? Because it wasn't a priority. It wasn't a priority. They really did not truly care about God's house. They weren't saying it's not time to not build a temple because they didn't have the resources to build it, because they didn't have the materials to build it, because they didn't have the skill to build it. No, the truth of the matter is that they didn't rebuild the temple because it wasn't a true priority. That's why God answers them. And look at what he says in verses 3 and 4. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in what? Ruin. Ruin. And just in case you don't know, God is using sarcasm there. God is being sarcastic and he says, oh, 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 you can't build my temple now, but you can't build your house. Oh, your house can be luxurious, but my house has to be a rubble. And you know why this was happening? Because rebuilding the temple was not a true priority of theirs. And when God is not a true priority, the top priority, we are always going to focus on ourselves. God says your houses are luxurious houses. History tells us that these guys were carving 
things into the wood and they were shaping their houses in beautiful conditions, just luxurious homes while the temple of God was in ruins. And the second thing we need to do is recognize that. Because here's the thing. God freed them from captivity. Follow with me. Follow with me because this is your story as well. God freed them from captivity and he brought them home. And the first thing they should have built was God's temple. But it was the one thing they were neglecting the most. Now, let's not be too harsh on them. Because I think that we often do that as well. Let me ask you some reflective questions, not judgmental questions, reflective questions, because God this morning tells us, consider your ways, reflect on your ways, examine your ways. Let me ask you some questions. What truly occupies first place in your life and in your heart? What truly, what do you wake up thinking about? Where are your goals taking you to? What, what do you spend most of your free money on? What do you spend it on? What do you give your time and talents to? Or let me say it another way. Let me say it another way. You ready for this? How's your spiritual life? Truly, truly. Don't, 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 don't give me that. I put worship music and I listen to your podcast, Pastor. How's your spiritual life? Are you obeying God? Are you dealing with sin in your life? Are you confessing your flaws to God? Are you seeking God's wisdom and God's guidance? Are you depending on the Holy Spirit? How is your spiritual life truly? Can I tell you something? We are where we want to be. You are not where you are because your mom's fault or your dad's fault or your boyfriend's fault or the government's fault or the pastor's fault. You are where you are because that's where you intentionally or unintentionally want to be. We are. And see, here, here's the thing. We neglect when we don't prioritize God's house in him. We neglect the source of all of our blessings. We neglect where blessings come from. Look at what James 1.17 says. Every good and perfect gift comes from who? Not your boss. Not your parents. Not your hard efforts. Comes from who? From above. Coming down from Father. So don't get your priorities twisted. God doesn't need you to have a job to bless you. He could use crows to feed you. Did you know that? God could send bread from heaven if you he wanted to. So don't get your priorities mixed because the source of all of our blessings is not our job. It's not our family. It's not even our marriage. It's who? Number three, to rebuild the house of God. To rebuild the house of God, consider your true condition. Consider your true condition. First, we talk about our true priorities, but then we have to look at where these priorities have led us to. What is the condition that they've taken us to? See, the problem with Israel and with us is that they didn't realize the condition that resulted from neglecting God in God's house. See, there was nothing wrong with them building houses. There was nothing wrong. 
There was nothing wrong with them taking care of the land. There was nothing wrong because after all, this was part of God's plan. What was wrong was in the order of how they were doing it. God wanted his house, his presence to be number one. And then after that, from there, the blessings would flow so that they would have good homes, so that they would have united families, so that they would have plentiful crops. But their problem was that they were putting first things, not first. And our choices always lead us to consequences. They always lead us to a condition. They didn't realize their sin. They didn't realize that what they were doing was wrong. So God has to come and open their eyes to the reality of their condition. And look at what he says in verses 9 and 11. You ready for this? This one's going to hurt a little. Is that all right? You have planted much, but what? You know anybody that works like a horse, like a workhorse, and yet they never have money? You eat, but are what? I'm guilty of that. You drink, but are what? You put on clothes, but you cannot what? Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. You hope for rich harvest, but they were what? Poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I what? Blew it away. Why? Why? Why is this? Because my house lies in what? Says the Lord of heaven's army. Why all of you are busy building your own fine houses. is because of you that the, harv- that the heavens withhold the droop and the earth produces no crops. I have called for a drought on your fields and hills. A drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all your other crops. A drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. And the question again is why? Why would God do this? And the answer is because my house lies in ruins. See, God shines the light on their true condition. They sowed a lot, but reaped little. They ate, but were never satisfied. They put on clothes, but were still cold. They worked, but their wages disappear. And the reason that was is because first things were not first. See, the same condition exists in many people today. They have many things, but they're not satisfied. They always want more. They do many things, but they never feel accomplished. They work hard, but yet there's little progress. They try new things, but there's no excitement. They fight, they envision, they strive, they do all they can, but they have no success. And even, listen to this, and even when there is little success in one area of their life, another area of their life overtakes them. I got a raise, but then your marriage is falling apart. My kid's going to a great school. Yeah, but he's also using drugs. And all this is the result, listen to me, is the result of neglecting God and his house. When God is not first, everything else is out of order. And when things are out of order, They will not work. So if you say, Pastor, 
as God invites me to consider my ways, to consider my life, I realize that I have forsaken, that I have neglected God's house, that this is my condition, that while I speak about being blessed, the truth is that there's no peace in my heart, that while I speak and I enjoy a big house, there's no joy in my life. If this is your condition, what do you do? Number four, fill this out in your outline. Respond to God's call today. Respond to God's call today. How do we do that? How do we respond to God's call? Number one, consider your priorities. Examine your life. Truly examine it. Stop making excuses. Be honest and say, you know, I really want God to be first, but the truth is that my job is first. The truth is that my health is first. The truth is that fun is first. Consider your ways. Consider how you are living. Think carefully about the choices that you make every day. Rebuild God's house. To rebuild God's house, you got to put God first. But you won't if you don't consider your life. We got to stop blaming other people. We got to stop blaming other people. We got to take responsibility for where we are and the choices that we have made. And when you do, let me tell you something. You will not find a God who is going to judge you, but you're going to find a God who is ready to help you. How do we respond? We consider our ways. But the second thing that we do, we find it in verse 8. Look at what it says. He says, Haggai tells the people, now go up into the hills. Notice the go up. Bring down timber and what? Rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You know what going up and coming down and, and building talks about? talks about putting in work. Putting God first takes work. Takes work. Can I tell you something? A bunch of high school friends, uh, we had made plans for yesterday to go out and have dinner. And um, we were supposed to meet at 5, and I didn't go. And, and I, usually, I usually don't like to break my word, but let me tell you why I didn't go. I didn't go for two reasons. One, because I knew all they were going to be doing was drinking. I knew that's all, and they sent me pictures, and that's all they did. They got this big old jug thing that I had never even seen. I've never even seen something that big with Gatorade or water, but, but they have one with beer, right? But two, the second reason I didn't go was because if we go, we're going to come home around 11, 12 o'clock, and I am not going to give God my best on Sunday. Wow. Takes work takes work to say no to the wrong things so that you can say yes to the right things. You want to change your condition? Consider your ways. Go up into the hills, bring down the timber, and rebuild the house. Put some, put some work. If you're hearing God's voice, if he's leading you to do something, do it. Put in the work. Look at how the people responded in verses 12. Look at what he says, and I'm almost getting ready to finish. When Zerubbabel, son of Shiltiel, and Jeshua, son of Sehosadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of God's people began to what? To obey the message from the Lord their God. When they heard the word of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people, what? Feared. Church, I pray we respond like they responded. 
They were not offended by God's strong message, and it was pretty strong. Oh, the pastor talked about the vaccine. I'm not coming to church anymore. Come on. Oh, the pastor talked about Delta. Come on. God disciplines those whom he loves. They were not offended by God's strong message. They reflected, they responded, they considered their ways, and they said, we want to obey God. And obeying God in this situation means rebuilding the temple, rebuilding my relationship with God, working, prioritizing my community, God's temple. I want to invite us to respond to God's invitation today. Are you ready? It's going to be a really practical one. Really practical one. Today, as we begin our new series, Rebuilding the Temple, when it talks about God's priorities, at the end of this series, we're going to have a revival weekend. Listen to me. Don't tune out. Don't tune out. We're going to have a revival weekend. We're not going to get weird. We're just going to get deep. Because some of you, you think of revival and you're like, oh, the pastor's going to throw water at us. And... Somebody's going to climb up the walls and Manolo's going to run on stage back. And... He might. I don't know. I don't know. I can't speak for him. You, you talk to him. Although he hasn't been running lately, have you? No, huh? Oh, yes. He runs in the spirit. But listen to me. Listen to me. We're going to have a revival weekend. Listen to me. Here's simple. Here's what you need to know. There's a promise that God made. It's a simple one, but a powerful one. He said, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So here's what we're doing in that weekend. We're going to draw near to God. Amen. We want to experience God. We want to spend time in God's presence. Let me tell you something. And I say this humbly and confidently in him, not in us. If you come that weekend, you will not forget about that weekend. God is going to do something powerful that weekend. On Sunday, that Sunday of that weekend, we are going to be praying to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to tell you more about that. So, so, so why am I telling you this? Because here's how I want you to respond to that, to today's message. Are you ready? I want you to take your calendars out, and I want you to block out that weekend and say, that weekend, God is first. No birthday parties, no movies, no Disneyland, no vacations. I am going to prioritize God, and on that weekend, I am going to put God first. What weekend is that, Pastor? Because I know you're anxious to, to block it out, because we're going we're gonna to rebuild the temple, right? September 17, 18, and 19. Friday night. Saturday night and Sunday morning. I believe God is going to move. I believe that God is going to move. How many believe that God is going to move? So, and I'll finish with this, and I'll finish with this. From here to then, from here to then, pick one day a week, pick one day a week, and fast. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. 
Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.